Hello, this is Pastor Pete Beck III with LifeNet in Burlington, North Carolina. Welcome to today's podcast on the baptism and gifts of the Holy Spirit entitled, How the Baptism in the Holy Spirit Differs from the New Birth. Now that we have established that Jesus' role of baptizer in the Holy Spirit is integral to the gospel, and one of his primary ministries, let's take a look at a very important question. Is the baptism in the Spirit merely part of the new birth and received automatically at the time of justification, or is it a separate experience with its own purpose? I will attempt in this article to show that although it can be received concurrently with the new birth, As happened with Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, it is a distinct experience with the Spirit and has a separate purpose. The Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit can be with someone, in him or her, or upon us. In the Old Testament, the Spirit was said to be with God's people. He came alongside them to encourage, strengthen anoint, and generally help them. King David said it this way in Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. But in the New Covenant, the Holy Spirit lives inside those who believe. Jesus promised his disciples in John 14, 16 through 17, saying, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. One of the big secrets of the Christian life is that the Spirit lives Christ's life in and through us. We are not left to our own devices. When a person is born again, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in that person. Our human spirit is joined to God's Spirit and become one. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians six seventeen. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. The Spirit of God within us gives us life and develops within us peace and the character of God, which is called the fruit of the Spirit. He affirms that we are indeed Abba Father's children. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, Romans 8, 16. But here is a very important point. Every born-again person is one with the Holy Spirit indwelling them, but not every child of God is baptized in the Holy Spirit. If If your experience resembles mine, it might be difficult to imagine that you did not receive it all when you were born again. My new birth experience was amazing, as was my ongoing relationship with God afterward. When I first started reading and hearing about people who said they were baptized in the Spirit, 
my first response was, I don't need that. I already received everything. This is a common reaction that reveals two things, I believe. First, we tend to make our theology fit our experience rather than asking God to conform our experience to His Word. Secondly, we don't like to admit that we lack something. But I, like most of you, was hungry for more of God. Herein lies the danger. If we convince ourselves that we already have something, we may stop seeking it and never find it. Sadly, just such thinking will send many to hell who have convinced themselves that they already have everything they need from God despite never having even been born again. Thankfully, I kept pursuing the baptism of the Spirit and eventually received it by faith with the evidence of speaking in tongues, which opened the door into a new dimension of serving our Lord. This can happen to you too if you have an open mind and a hungry heart. The baptism in the Spirit is when the Holy Spirit comes upon us to equip and empower us for ministry. Jesus received this baptism at the inauguration of his public ministry. If he needed it, how much more do we? You can read about this in Matthew 3, 13 through 17, and Luke 4, 16 through 21. Jesus clearly instructed his disciples not even to begin their Great Commission ministry until they received the same empowering. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. The gospel according to John the Baptist, when God poured out his Spirit on the Feast of Pentecost, was to empower Christ's followers to be bold witnesses to his resurrection. When today his people are baptized in the Spirit, it is for the same purpose. And here lies a very important distinction between the indwelling Spirit and the outpoured Spirit. The Spirit lives within us for our sake but he has poured out upon us for the sake of those who do not yet know him. The Bible makes it clear that all scripture is useful for doctrine. The book of Acts is especially significant because here we see the doctrine of the apostles lived out. Faith is active. What the early apostles believed is clearly seen by what they did. James 2.18 says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. I will show you my faith by my works. It is clear that Peter and Paul both understood that the new birth did not automatically include the baptism of the Spirit. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John made a trip to Samaria to lay hands on the new converts in order for them to receive this baptism in the Spirit. Acts 8, 14 through 16. If the baptism in the Spirit had already taken place at the new birth, 
Peter and John would have simply taught the Sumerians this truth. However, they instead laid hands on them that they might receive the baptism of the Spirit. Similarly, when Paul was in Ephesus, he encountered some followers of Christ, but he could tell that they had not yet received the baptism of the Spirit. What he asked them next is instructive. Acts 19.2 reads, And P, Paul, said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Paul was an apostle who had the responsibility of laying the foundation of sound doctrine in the early church. Surely he understood whether or not the baptism in the Spirit is automatically received at the new birth or not. Of course he did. So when he asked them if they had received the Spirit when they believed, it shows that the first does not necessarily include the second. The three major feasts of Israel, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles, also reveal that the new birth and the baptism in the Spirit are distinct. Jesus fulfilled Passover to the day by being crucified as the Lamb of God and shedding his blood for the remission of sins. This feast also must be personally fulfilled in the lives, in our lives through the new birth if we are to be saved. The blood of God's Lamb must be applied to our sins. The Old Testament feast of Pentecost, which originally marked the giving of the law at Mount Sinai, was also literally fulfilled to the day when God poured out his spirit on the disciples in the upper room. Whereas the giving of the law brought judgment, the giving of the spirit gave life. 3,000 people came into the kingdom of God when Peter preached the first gospel message. God also intends that each of us have a personal fulfillment of Pentecost as well by receiving the baptism in the Spirit. Just as Passover was a separate feast from Pentecost, the new birth is separate from the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Tabernacles, the final harvest, the last major feast has yet to be fulfilled. I believe that Jesus will complete that feast at his second coming. Hallelujah. We will all need to have a personal fulfillment of that one too by participating in the resurrection of the dead. It is easy for us to see that one cannot be a child of God without having a personal Passover and Feast of Tabernacles which correspond to the new birth and the resurrection from the dead, should it not be just as clear to us that we must also have a personal fulfillment of Pentecost? It was to Peter and Paul. The New Testament speaks of three distinct baptisms into the body of Christ, into water, and into the Holy Spirit. Each of these baptisms has a different baptizer, a different medium, and a different evidence, also a different result or purpose. I have included a chart that illustrates this along with pertinent scriptures in the article from which I am reading. I encourage you to go to my website and look at it and give it your attention. 
The baptism into the spirit or into the body of Christ, excuse me, is what happens when we're born again. The Holy Spirit plunges us into Christ. We become one with him. The evidence is a changed life. Baptism into water is what another believer does to us to publicly proclaim and acknowledge what God has already done in the spirit. It is our public declaration of allegiance to Jesus. The evidence is that we are wet. Jesus is the one who baptizes us into the Spirit, however, to empower us to be bold witnesses. The evidence is speaking in tongues and prophecy. The Holy Spirit baptism is God's declaration to the world that we are his children. Conclusion. I hope that I have been able to convince you that the new birth is distinct from the baptism in the Spirit. If you have never asked for or received the baptism in the Spirit, my other articles in this series will help you to do just that. If you're already, if you are ready right now, you can pray a prayer that I have listed on my website on how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I encourage you to go check that out now. You also may wish to purchase my book from Amazon called Promise of the Father, where I go into much greater detail about this amazing gift from God.